Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. I'm Simon. And I am Haney. We are Native in Tech, covering the latest from the IT industry with a specific focus on Microsoft and how to get actual value from technology. This is episode 249, recorded on December the 18th, 2023. You will be able to find this and our previous episodes on nativeintech.com, iTunes, Spotify, and on most podcasting platforms. It is that time of the year again. Hooray! Yay! So the winter feeling in Linshipping is... <laughs> it disappeared absent, rapidly. Oh, I think no. is a good word. I, I'm quite impressed yeah. with how quickly all that snow disappeared. Yeah. I think it took like 48 hours and now it's zero snow. Yeah, but it, it's very oh, rainy no. instead and, and yeah. windy. Yes. But rumor has it that we're going to get some snow. How are things in, in uh, Tampere? Well, it was raining a bit as well this weekend, and it's a little on the plus side, but we've still got a little bit of snow mm-hmm. around, so it looks a little wintry. Mm-hmm. Good. Looks a little wintry. Well, yes. the, the weird thing is, uh, I, I mean, we, we say this all uh, every year that, wow, that, that year went by quickly, but mm-hmm. wow, that year went by quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to think about that. Because remember when we were kids and we were home from school and we had like six or seven weeks of of summer vacation and it was ages. Mm -hmm. It it was literally endless. There was nothing we could not plan and do for those weeks. And now 52 weeks just go (laughs) gone. How, what happened? We got old, Alexander. Yes. Old, stressed, tired, depressed, <laughs> and old. And some of us older. Let's not talk about your life choices, Simon. <laughs> but yes, we, we can probably do a uh, complete uh, episode on that. But uh, mm-hmm. I went back and took a look at our last Christmas special, the, the year-end special, which maybe, is surprisingly, was uh, 2022. <laughs> maybe not so Very surprising. surprising i know yeah. right but one thing that we talked about was twitter imploding and fracturing oh, the community. Yeah. so what's your take did the community fracture when twitter went bonkers no i still get an, uh, i still get as much value out of twitter these days as i did a year ago some people have left but I, I still find it to be the most valuable social media platform I use. Yeah, same here. It's some people have disappeared. I think I've myself left myself in a limbo that I'm kind of like, uh, do I want to be here? So <laughs> I kind of hang around, but I don't do much on Twitter. <laughs> but I don't do much anywhere else as well. So I've been like, I've ended up in a weird limbo state between platforms. That that's a good point because I, for me specifically, my my network, there is no place even close. You can blue sky mm-hmm. all you want, but no, it's it's still X. There yep. were a lot of people that left Twitter X, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, this week. That's unfortunate because there mm-hmm. are a lot of voices that are not there anymore. But um, I still get a lot of value out of it. But mm. I also still get a lot of 
crap out of it. Yeah. It has mm-hmm. taken yep. a huge turn for the worse, in my view. And I would I would love to only use LinkedIn uh, if I could, because I, I like LinkedIn as a platform. I think it has a lot of benefits, but I, I don't see that happening because there's something about Twitter that makes it faster for me to consume. And I don't think it's it's like the way it's posted because with all the threads and so on, you can spend as much time reading Twitter as you could on LinkedIn. But um, if I could use LinkedIn and just force everything into that, I would be super happy because I only use LinkedIn and Twitter for work. I don't post anything personal on either of them. I think LinkedIn is slower because of the exceptional amount of ego <laughs> that that is prevalent. I mean, it is the only platform that I know that can make, let's say, doing a questionnaire, you can turn that into a Nobel Prize. That impresses me to no end. Uh, that That's LinkedIn for, for me, so to speak. So, but I agree. Uh, LinkedIn yeah. has potential and it's probably the better uh, professional network, but yeah. yeah. So, Let's jump into 23. It's It's been a year. It's been, um, at least for me, it's been a pretty intense and, and a surprising year. But I'll get back to that in a bit. What would you say were the most exciting things that happened to you personally and, and professionally in, in 2023? Let's start with Haney, because I know that Simon wants to say something. Then why don't you let Simon say something? I need to think. Too many options to choose from. And I was like, what am I supposed to say? (laughs) (laughs) This is going well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but... So, uh, I... I, First half of the year was slower than I believed it to be. I I went to my first MVP summit, which was a lot of fun. uh, And I will be back next year. Hopefully, the registration hasn't opened yet, but that is my plan. Um, and then H2 has been my most travel intense six months ever, I think. I don't even know how many flights I've taken. Uh, but it's uh, that's been fun. And I think on like it's really shown what I like to do. Um, and and like in the end, it's it's gone very well. Like uh, I've had some sessions that have come very very high up on the rankings of conferences, which is something that I truly value. Um, so it's been a lot of travel, a lot of speaking, uh, a lot of finding what I want to do in the future, uh, and we'll see where that takes me next year. Have you had enough time, Haney? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so I, I was first going to say, well, this year I moved, but actually that was already <laughs> last year that I moved to Tampere. But, you know, it was close to the end of the year. Yeah. So I think I've taken this year to settle down mm-hmm. in a new city. Mm-hmm. And it has also affected my travel wise because, you know, there's much more flights from Helsinki. So getting anywhere mm-hmm. is a little bit more of a hassle than it used to be. Um, but I think for this year, it's been a little bit of finding a balance for myself. 
how much mm-hmm. to travel because I went around a lot the previous year. So uh, toning down a little bit and finding what is actually doable in the long run. So for me, my my wife went to Japan for seven weeks to, um, well, she was supposed to do a, a full year of um, studying abroad, but then the world ended. So that got pushed um, indefinite and then she did another thing. So she, she spent uh, seven weeks in, in Japan, leaving me with um, the cats and, and <laughs> figuring things out at home, how to use a stove. No, um, <laughs> but that, that was something. That was, yeah, I think so. That was one thing. But then we were essentially evicted from our old mm-hmm. uh, apartment, uh, prompting a, a very, very fast uh, how do we, how do we figure out how do we find some new place to to live and and all those things? So that kind of threw a spanner in the works. Add to that, I am struggling is probably the best word to use to build a a company. Uh, I run the BI side of data masterminds, and while it's just me and and my colleague trying to do all the BI things and. It's hard work. It's extremely hard work. Mm. So I've I've been working way way too much uh, this this year. Uh, I can see the the end of the tunnel. Um, I absolutely can, but it's it's been very very hard working mm. and traveling and um, and uh, the uh, the move. Mm. I've also I'm not going to go into specifics, but I've also had a, a bit of an epiphany when it comes to myself and my mental health and how I look at things. It's It's been a huge change for the better, but um, it, it has definitely left, left an impression on how I view my place in, in the world and in the community and, and what I want to do going forward. Um, I've kind of decreased the number of events a bit. I'm, I'm down to, I think it was, 12 events in six countries. That's um, so little. Is... How dare you do so little? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's that, down That from... was sarcasm, you understand. I know, that. I know. And it's, <laughs> it's down for 20-something um, just two years ago, which was insane. Uh, so mm-hmm. fi- finding a better balance, uh, for sure, even though I'm, I'm even closer to the airport now than I was in the last apartment, so... Yeah, mm. it is what it is. <laughs> and and just to be and just to be very clear, you learning how to handle a stove had nothing to do with you getting evicted. Just so that the <laughs> listeners know. Well, well, you should ask. <laughs> no, there Oops. was. So the, the, the no. I realized that eviction sounds kind of it. It but sounds the, like I did something wrong, but in this case. It was the absolute opposite. They, they, the, the landlord decided to completely yeah. ignore Swedish law and toss us out, essentially. So we had to find mm-hmm. a new place. But it worked out very, very well in the end because we love yeah. this new place. Yeah. And, and, and I do think that we, we spoke about that before we started the recording as well uh, and talked about, like, has it already been a year since we were working 100% from home? Uh, I do think that we, uh, and I, I can speak, I think I speak for all of us, have been trying to find a new way of working and and behaving and being post-COVID, as has society. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I agree with Alex, like last year, 
I felt that I traveled a lot and did a lot of things. Uh, I've traveled even more this year, but I do think that I've found a better balance. Uh, so I don't think I've that only... word means what you think it means, no. Simon, but sure. Yeah, but like you, you, you can be in balance while you're falling, at least from time to time. Yeah, to some extent, maybe. Yeah. Someone did not finish his physics studies, but sure. <laughs> I think my physics teacher would 100% agree with you. We didn't <laughs> part as friends. Let me just say that. Um, but I do think like it's it's been a lot of what's next uh, and where society have been trying to to find its next step and with a lot of other things. So I we we also have in our notes that what's happened during the year and what will happen during next. I wouldn't say that 2023 has been the year of AI, but I do think that we have seen the beginning of the AI era and all the co-pilots. Agreed. Um, so I've, I've done some reading about open AI and all those things because I've, I find it fascinating, scary, and, and confusing mm. all in, in one. As you said, we, we've seen this, the beginning of the AI phenomenon. Mm -hmm. um, the, um, uh, we were still very much on the, the hype train, I think. Uh, and mm -hmm. with enough force, you can fit AI into just about anything. Um, yes. Not sure that it's going to be the best choice, but for better or worse, it's here to stay. And it's all about how do mm -hmm. we figure out how to deal with it and how do we make mm -hmm. it work so to speak. If 2024 means that we will see the end of humanity because of a large language module or model deciding that's that's it, we'll see. But yeah, AI is definitely here to stay. But question then to you, how will AI impact what you do at work in 2024? Will it? I'm I'm waiting to see how it impacts it. Uh, like there's all kinds of things one can play with and test around of like what things could improve and actually make things easier for you in your daily work. And I think that depends a little bit on the role you have. But at least for now, I feel like I'm still grappling uh, in like the projects I'm in, grappling with like how to get the basics down how do mm -hmm. you to have quality data how to have data available how can people find it and things like that and and yes there's the like specific use cases where companies are testing out using ai for a specific purpose and it can bring benefit to those but um i'm not sure it will take over absolutely everything and i do hope we also Keep in mind the environmental factors of using these large language models and things like that. It's not exactly the most um, supportive of having a more, you know, sustainable environment. So, But we gather all of the heavy metals in the world in data centers. That must be a good thing, right? Yeah. We'd remove it from the <laughs> and soil. And then we just use it more and more and more so we make those data centers bigger. So yeah. uh, there's something wrong there. Yeah. Hmm. I have found that I have become a uh, concerned middle-aged person or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ah. Yes. <laughs> so in, in my case, I think 
AI is is very very much already here. People are using mm-hmm. the the copilots left, right, and center. And I think in the short term that is a good thing, and I think in the medium term that is a disaster. Mm-hmm. Why do I think this? Well, I did the keynote at um, Data Saturday Stockholm this May, and what I said back then is something that I I unfortunately only seen uh, proof of that I was onto something, and the problem that I see with any tools in general, and AI tools in, in, in particular, is that you can use these tools without having an idea what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That, that's a great thing. It, it sounds like the best thing ever. But that also means that you can't stop and go, wait a second, does that make sense? Because you don't have the foundation for it. And I mean, in... in, in Nine cases out of 10, the model might give you the perfect answer. The 10th time, you're not mm-hmm. going to catch it because you don't have the prerequisite skills to, to, to look at it and go, well, that's, that's, a, weird, that's a weird response. Mm. And that's why I mean that in the short term, this is going to increase your results or, or your speed or whatever you want to do because you don't need to look up the nitty-gritty details of, of Python or whatever language you're using. But in the long run, how do you get the skills required to be able to second guess things? Well, you need to bang your head against a wall for a couple of years. And we are taking that out. How are you supposed to learn something if, you're, if you don't need to fight for it? So I'm not saying that this is a bad thing in total. I'm saying that we need to look at how do we change learning? How do we change teaching? going forward mm. with these kinds of tools. And that's something that I think is is very, very important to be aware of. I often, when I think about this, start to question myself that, do I think what I think? Because somewhere <laughs> beneath all of this brain thingy I have, I'm afraid because I don't know enough. But again mm. and again, I come back to the same conclusion. No, because I do agree with Alexander. I do think that we have now already made AI so available so that we stop Mm. to think about what we want to do or how we want to use it. And that is also driving the Mm. non-sustainable part of it. Since it's free or very, very cheap, we use it to everything. Like, I don't know if, You've seen the numbers, but like we have created more pictures in the last year yep. <laughs> than humanity has created since the dawn of humanity. And it's like, that can't be healthy. Uh, and I do think that this, as with many other things, we'll get into security, I think, in, in a few minutes. We can't lose track of what you said, Haney, about getting the basics done right because we won't ask the ai to do set up mfa for all users we will ask it to do something super complicated and we still will fail because we haven't thought through what we should do with it Uh, and and i know that i sound old and grumpy and (laughs) middle-aged 
<laughs> we can be old and grumpy yeah. all together. Exactly. We'll join Alexander here. But but like I think we should be careful with the hype and use it for like good purposes and in an efficient way because because we can't be inefficient just because it's easy. But I'm curious what you just said, security. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you how do you tie this into um, security? So so the way I speak about security at any event I'm at is that security needs to be uh, like an enabler for digitalization or innovation or whatever it might be. And the only way it can be that is that it if it is a constant and a common baseline to reach up to. Uh, and I did an event 2 weeks ago where I said the only thing I want for Christmas is that next year I can stand on this stage and speak on something new. Because I've spoken about security for 10 years, more or less, and I still (laughs) say the same darn thing. Organizations Mm. in general, there are some good organizations out there, but organizations in general, no MFA, no patch management, no EDR, no working backups, like... (laughs) It's the, and, and two high privileges. <gasps> Come on, it's been. And you the know same. why this is the case, right? So many bad reasons, but please enlighten me. The way I see it, it's because it's not about tech at all. This is the human yeah, condition. Yeah, of course, this is how yeah. we work as as human beings. Yeah. Meaning that there's no there's no reason why you would not go to your grave. Speaking about these things for the next 50 or 70 years. I know. Thank you. Oh, because, no. Yeah, because that is what I foresee for 2024. It won't happen. And I think one of the most important things that Microsoft have released during 2023 is the darn Microsoft managed CA policies that we talked about. Because Microsoft mm. isn't pleased. Like, I, I do tell the numbers, like, for all the iCloud accounts, it's a 99 point something percent that has MFA enabled because you do not have the Mm. choice. For all the Microsoft managed identities, that includes Live and Azure AD and everything like that, it's still up to 37% with MFA. And I I always wonder about this number because in Finland, I feel like most places I've seen, this is on. So yeah, what is happening in the rest of the world? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think y- you take it so much more serious than we do. Uh, because it's it's like we get stuck on all of these things. Like every single customer I meet, it's like, yeah, but it's so hard with students. It's so hard with frontline workers. It's hard in manufacturing. It's hard this and hard that. And it's expensive. And come on. <laughs> like... <laughs> There are solutions. And yes, mm-hmm. it will cost you a bit of money in some cases. It doesn't have to. But there are solutions if we start to focus on what you can do instead of what you can't do. Mm-hmm. If if you get up to 90% with MFA instead of having 10%, and now I'm going off on a complete and utterly rant, so stop me and mute me whenever you feel for <laughs> it. But come on. There are solutions. And look at Finland. (laughs) It's extremely frustrating, right? Because we see people make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Mm. And again, that's how you learn. You make mistakes. Mm. Some mistakes, though, 
are going to be more costly than others. Yes. yes. How about instead of trying to eradicate the mistakes, we make it possible to make the mistakes and mitigate the exactly. potential consequences? Mm -hmm. Yes. That is yeah. agile. It's like, and I know that Alexander hates the word and everything it stands for, but we should be allowed to be innovative and innovate. And to mm -hmm. be able to do that, the basics must be in place, regardless if that is security or a trust to make mistakes or a common way of managing code or whatever it is. Start with the basics. Yes, it's boring, but it's only boring because you <laughs> haven't focused on it for the last 10 years. Damn it. <laughs> what is it? I completely agree, but I do still think maybe we should like gag Simon for the rest of the episode. He's on a roll today. <laughs> I I will mute myself. So um, it's fine. I, I want to ask you um, a couple of couple of questions. One is in in almost one word or one tool or one one project. What was the most exciting thing? to come your way from a professional standpoint of 2023. And I don't think that Haney is going to say API management. <laughs> no, I'm not. I haven't had to deal with API management this year, which ah, I, I'm kind of happy about. And still a couple of days to go. <laughs> yes, I've had to use things from API management, but I haven't had to manage it. So that has been a positive uh, for me. Like being on the data platform side, one of the biggest things is fabric, of course. I might be stealing uh, or saying the same thing Alexander was going to say. But also on the other hand, for me, since I've had a chance to work very deeply with Databricks now recently, uh, it's just the speed of things that is coming on the data platform solution side that is kind of mind-boggling at this point. Because even with Databricks, that is a quite a mature service. Uh, there has been a lot of like improvements that have come during this last year and they just keep coming at a really fast pace. So I think the fast pace is the both exciting and daunting part on the data side. I, I've thought a lot or I've thought for a minute about it. Uh, and in one word, I would say Windows Auto Patch. And it's not necessarily because it's the coolest technology advancement, because, but rather because it ties together so many things. It's like storytelling, it's process, it's security, it's user experience, admin experience as well. So, And, and I have very high hopes and expectations for AutoPatch in 2024. So when I go to my heart, it's AutoPatch. I'm going to say, just like Haney alluded to, I'm going to say Fabric, um, because regardless of what you think of Fabric, it's here to stay. It has decimated the other teams in Microsoft. Mm -hmm. So this is what we have. It will be fantastic. There are still, still some glaring holes, uh, and I'm mm -hmm. sure that everybody would agree with that. But they will be filled in. They will be patched. This will be the way going forward. And there are so many new processes and new paradigms inside of Fabric when you deal with a something-something as a service compared to infrastructure as a service or platform as a service. 
it is it is difficult for people to grasp and i do a, a fair bit of the really cool word fintech where you pretty much try to help people save money and this there's so many ways of of doing things in fabric that will vastly impact your your bottom line uh, so I'm, I'm super curious to see how the world adapts to this or does not adapt. And um, we will not be bored in, in 2024. That's that's for sure. I mean, just like Haney said, Databricks is is going flat out. And I think Fabric is, is going at least as, as fast. <laughs> and clearly there there is a bit of a healthy um, um, competition going on between Databricks and, and Fabric. Uh, they're not necessarily doing the same things. They're they're slightly mm. diverging, but it's really cool to see how a good idea gets picked up and rolled out in the on the other side of the fence, so to speak. And at the end of the day, you can use both. There is no either or. You can definitely run some stuff in Databricks, and most of the things you do in in Fabric, or vice versa, works just fine. A couple of stats for you. We had 17,640-ish listens so far in, in 2023. That's nuts. We are looking at roughly 800 listens a month. We're, we're declining a bit. We, in our heyday, we had over 1,000. Um, I have some ideas of why this is. And... I'm curious to hear would why what do you think it's declining for us? Why it's declining? Yep. I do think people have less time to listen to podcasts because, because we are working harder than ever before. Many of us are. Probably one reason, not the reason I'm I'm I think, but agree. we have grown older. <laughs> Uh, I'm also thinking about like how uh, how life has shifted after the COVID time, and people also. I think there's maybe a, a Simon said people are working harder, but I think people are aiming for actually more balance with work life. At least what I'm seeing. So that it's not maybe so that you also on your free time you just listen to a bunch of. Uh, work-related podcasts as well to be as efficient as possible. <laughs> so yep. that's my thoughts. And I, I agree with that, and I agree with, with what Simon said as well. I also think that the pandemic brought out the inner content creator in just about anyone. The number of new podcasts and new YouTube channels and new whatever has just exploded we were i shouldn't say unique when we started but there was not that much competition mm. now we're <laughs> the, the the market is being flooded so Very it's true. not strange that people find other things to listen to and we still only do audio which is probably mm. something that is negative for us but I, I, I look at it from the other perspective. I think it's amazing that we still have a mm -hmm. hundred listens per month. It's yeah. just, it's That's insane. Quite so a bit. extremely, <laughs> extremely uh, thankful for mm -hmm. for all our listeners. 
Yeah, and, and we have had some listener interaction this year. And, and Hendrik, by the way, yes. reached out uh, to us and thanked us for our conference episode. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. So I, I do think that that is, it's great. And I do also, and now I'm going to be very unswedish. I've listened to a lot of new podcasts over the last year or so. We do have the next level quality on the audio. And I think we should be very proud of that. Uh, that is not are... because of me, just to point that out. <laughs> it, it's, it's because of Alex. Let's be very clear yes, on exactly. that. Yes, exactly. Let's be yeah. very clear on that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure that audio is is very important. I mean, it, it is for me. If I, if I try to listen to something that the audio is bad, I just leave. But having said that, the amount of high-quality audio coming out of simple setups these days is just phenomenal. So that is a mm. good thing. Uh, and also the case of, of uh, the rising tide lifts all boats. So it's it's no longer a um, a gatekeeping thing, so to speak, to do good audio. It, 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 it is getting easier to do good audio. Uh, we did five interviews, which is very a very small number. I was hoping that we could do more. So let's let's put that on Crack the list for and then find more people to talk to. We did manage to do something phenomenal and that is the the live recording recording oh, yes. in front of, of live audiences. That more than once. Just the best. Uh that that was I that's something that I cherish from 23 like few other things we are confirmed for a large event in um, 2024 unfortunately we cannot disclose which just yet uh, but it will be phenomenal I'm really really looking forward to to that event mm -hmm. and and i think we uh, like i was so happy to be able to travel along with you to uh, Data Saturday in uh, Utrecht and then Data Minds in, in Mechelen uh, and to meet the amazing data community. So I definitely hope to be able to do some more travels like that and also invite us to my side of the fence. For sure. Oh, yes. Record. Yeah. That sounds scary, but yeah. Yeah, I know. We, we're, <laughs> sounds we're like a, a plan. <laughs> yeah. We're at least in tune on my side. <laughs> And on that horrible bombshell, <laughs> it's actually time to close out 2023. Mm -hmm. So we are coming up on six years with this insane project that was <laughs> slated to live for five weeks or something. Um, it, it, it seemed like we were still going strong. So I'm, I'm looking forward to 2024 in, in many, many many ways. It's been an absolute privilege to have the two of you with me to do this another year. It's, it's absolutely priceless. It's worth all of the work, the mm. substantial work that we put into this. It's, it's all worth it. Uh, so super happy to have you with me and, and super ha happy to have, have you with me going forward and, and seeing what we can achieve in 2024. Agreed. Very much so. So I think we're, the only thing that we have to do is to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we will be back 
with a recorded episode with Bjorn, where we mm-hmm. talk about the um, the concept of technical debt from another perspective. Mm-hmm. Really, really exciting discussion. So you do not want to miss that. That episode will be episode 250, and that yep. is being aired on the 11th of January. Mm-hmm. So until then, enjoy the holidays. Definitely, if, if you can, drink Swedish Jormost. <laughs> it is the absolute best. <laughs> well said. I think so. Oh, yes. <laughs> until next year, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Need Even Tech. Hidibin Tech is a bi-weekly technology podcast hosted by Alexander Arvidsson, Simon Binder, and Heini Hilmaninen. If you have any feedback, questions, or would like to be part of an episode, please reach out to us on social media or via email at podcast at